One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Vilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Four hours and 27 minutes is what Nick Kyrgios took in order to beat Karen Hatchinov in five sets in... I would say, folks, the most important match of his career to date. You've gone big. I have gone big. And I said that on Match Point <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> and there, then there was a sudden realisation, hold on, he's beaten um, Rafael Nadal and he's beaten him at Wimbledon and he's beaten Roger Federer and he's beaten Novak Djokovic and all these things came to my mind. And yet the manner of the, the victory... He beat, he was two sets to love up against Hachinov. He had a match point in the third set. There was an hour and 53 minutes between his first match point and his eventual victory. And he was facing an opponent who was playing just incredible tennis for the last two sets. And, and I, I didn't really see how he could win because Kyrgios was playing great tennis, but Hachinov was, was getting the better of him. Yeah, he had every opportunity to lose it. He had every opportunity to lose his cool. He had every opportunity to get frustrated by the fact that his best tennis, which normally sees him through most matches, wasn't seeing him through this one. And he managed to sustain his best tennis right until the end because the shot he played, I think it was at 8-7 in the tiebreak, the backhand up the line to get the tiebreak back level, which he'd kind of been trailing after taking an initial lead Nick was will be in the main interview room at 12.45 That's the kind of times we deal with here <laughs> uh, there's AM another 20 <laughs> minutes until Kyrgios turns up then yeah um, you know it was an extraordinary backhand right at the end so for him to be able to play his best tennis after 4 hours 30 he answered the physical question as well um, he just he answered all the questions we have about him in, in one match I think, Catherine, you were the first person who ever came up with the phrase, he needs to understand that it's cool to care. Um, and it's always stuck with me. McEnroe has later claimed it. <laughs> of course he has. But I, I remember you saying it a long time ago, and it's always stuck with me. Um, and you saw that tonight really encapsulated in, in that match that because there were so many opportunities for him to go off the rails. And he, he just wouldn't allow himself. It was the in, inner struggle his good and his bad side probation works <laughs> I mean it does doesn't it I mean I, I don't mean that to detract from the the internal work that he's doing himself on it I don't mean that it's purely that it obviously 
has to come from him as well. But I, it's certainly the catalyst um, and a huge, huge factor. What he, he said in press a couple of days ago when I asked him that it's not on his mind, but it's obviously changed some sort of setting inside him. It's, there's a limit there that he cannot, that he cannot cross. Um, and it's making him channel things in different ways. I, I don't think... I mean, I didn't watch every part of the match as closely as you did, Matt, and I had a misadventure um, over to the Melbourne Arena to try and get on to watch it after the um, towards the end of the second set, and in very over-officious Australian fashion, we were turned away, and we said, oh, well, you know, it's just coming up to the end of the set, and and that at that point Kyrgios was about to go two sets to love up so we said you know definitely they, we were told you know media it's full oh. the last media transport will leave at 1.30 okay thanks at we're on the clock the last media transport um, we were told yeah and so we said look a few, a few people will definitely leave so we'll just wait and they said oh yeah but no guarantees <laughs> and uh, what if they want to come back I was like well if they want to come back, then they'll they'll then take the chance. It's like luck. we are. That's not how that works. And she was, and they were just giving me these blank looks of like, we're just not going to let you pass because we don't fancy it, and we're Australian, and we like to <laughs> tell people they can't do things over here. And I was so close to to losing. Had I been on my own, Matt, that would have been a really different scenario. <laughs> so, so hang on. When you're with me, Nick conference, we will. Reassess the last media transport. <laughs> <laughs> sort of mixed messages. Here. Right. So what's just happened is a load of journalists have just gone marching over and said, hang on, you're giving me 45 minutes between Nick Kyrgios' press conference starting and the last media shuttle leaving. And then they've thought, hang on a minute, yes, that maybe isn't enough time. Um, so what you're saying, Catherine, is that you with me is like Kyrgios on probation. Yes. There's a limit. It really is. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want to disgrace myself. <laughs> I have noticed you've had a really good influence. We then, um, so then we thought we well, then we, a- we've set, we've come out to watch live tennis. So we ended up watching an absolutely dire set of Medvedev <laughs> Popperin. Yeah, we had a really bad half an hour, and then decided it's better to watch tennis on a screen, to watch just- good tennis on a screen, than to watch rubbish tennis in real life. So we ended up watching through two and a half sets of Kyrgios from Garden Square. Mm. I, d- I did notice that WhatsApp went qu- fairly quiet for a little, a little period. <laughs> yeah, that was the Medvedev popper in period. <laughs> there, was a, there was a grumpiness. Yeah. Just nothing there to say. There was just nothing right. to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, there, were, there was plenty to say about the, the Kyrgios-Hachinov match. Um, not least the fact that Hachinov had played four sets in his first round, really four tight sets against a qualifier who I'd not come across before. Second round, he played Mikhail Lemaire and he, he won in the 10-point tiebreak in the fifth set and he was cramping in his celebration he couldn't get back up um and yet he came out um against Kyrgios and he's two sets to love down and I just thought the heart that he showed to not give it in uh was was immense and he, and he wasn't playing that well to be honest uh Hachinov in the first couple of sets he kind of won the third set it was a bit like the Simon one that Kyrgios lost which he shouldn't have done he was a break up he should have served that out he should have got the job done he had match point he had a point that he won to set up match point where he's showing his box that he cares and all this and you're thinking well surely he's going to win it here and he didn't and and I just thought the mental 
achievement from Kyrgios tonight was was absolutely immense. Who knows whether it will lead to anything more, but what what an what a mountain he's climbed tonight. And he, he he's done it against the odds because what happened in sets four and five was Hatchinov played... I've seen him maybe do it once or twice in his career when he's got inspired and you've realised that he's got both forehand and backhand and he's... Nadal, US Open yeah. 2018. And he could be a match for anybody in the world when he's playing like that. Um, and really, I, 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 I haven't seen two players play their best at the same time for a prolonged period like that in a long, long time. There was at least an hour where they were both playing their best tennis at the end there. Yeah, because there was, there was a moment where we thought we might be getting an early night. <laughs> Catherine actually um, gave it the kiss of death, really, by sending a WhatsApp saying, uh, are, you, are you done after commentating on Kyrgios? It was, it, Kyrgios was a break-up in the third set, wasn't mm. he? Two sets and a break, and I said... Look, I know there's still matches to be completed on Rod Laver, but we at the time are watching Medvedev Popper in, and I said, there's going to be nothing notable to say from this. So perhaps we record after Kyrgios and, yeah. and try and get our body clocks back on track. And it all, <laughs> it all fell apart from mm. there. And I think as, as Hakshinov was coming back, part of me was thinking, oh no, this means we're not going to get... Kyrgios Nadal but then another part of me was thinking hang on a minute Hatchinov has played Nadal really tough in the past and had some really good matches and if Hatchinov is playing like this as he was towards the end of the match as you've described David he's almost as electrifying as Kyrgios in his, in his own right in he terms just of wasn't the, missing the power off both wings it wouldn't have been the same it wouldn't have been the same it wouldn't have been the same it wouldn't have it's it nice, wouldn't have been the it's same it's nice no. to have the event of yeah. Kyrgios yes, Nadal absolutely. to look forward to on Monday night isn't it I mean we're just going to have 48 hours of, of unfettered hype, hype. yeah, yeah. <laughs> starting it's a, it's right a, now it's a, bank, <laughs> it's a bank holiday in Australia on Monday as well yeah. it's Australia day I mean it, it could not be more perfect because Australia Day is normally the final weekend isn't it but because the Australian opens a week later this year it's fallen right in this middle middle weekend which is better really because it stretches across kind of three days of it um, yeah I, I cannot imagine that match being bad really I think I think whenever they've I think physically this is going to be the next challenge for Kyrgios whether he can come back from this and hang with Nadal longest five match sets. he's ever won exactly um, but whenever they play something happens yeah it's uh, never disappointing well I commentated totally. on, on their most recent Wimbledon match and it was such a memory for mm. me it was a crackling atmosphere there was so much aggro in the air and it was the first time they'd played after There it. won't be that. He's not being baited, Kyrgios, into it. It's, he, he's on probation. No, I, under, I understand that. get but into that. It wasn't that that is my memory from his match against Nadal. It was Nadal's celebration at the end. But that was, mm. but that was partly because place. of how much Kyrgios was giving it to him. And I, but I, don't, I, think I don't want to see the uh, neutered... Kyrgios that we saw against Andre Rublev but that's what's been so great he's found a middle ground you know yes. there was was mm. was some spice tonight he got um he got a time violation and he claimed that should have been retracted because he was trying to make sure a ball kid didn't get blood on them um you know he's finding things here and there 
but we're not talking about Nadal, Kyrgios, Agro of old. No, we're but, not going to get that. But I don't think anything he did at Wimbledon against Nadal was over the line, was it? I, I no, can't. but I think he's having to move where the line is. Okay. He's having to give himself a margin for error he, in he his was, behaviour. He's he, not pushing it right to the He limit. went into full sarcasm mode with Damien de Massoire in that match, I seem to remember. Mm. He was giving him a stick. But really, the where it all came from was the interview that Kyrgios had done with Ben. Mm. and the, the comments that he'd made about Nadal. And Nadal wanted to shove it up him, uh, frankly. And prior to that, after their match in Acapulco, which I believe was their last hardcourt meeting last year, won by Kyrgios, um, Nadal, um, Kyrgios posted a uh, shady Instagram <laughs> post, yeah, um, which it, it, they weren't veiled... Um, criticisms were there i mean it was a it was a full out um yeah. trolling really and uh yeah it's it's going to be fascinating to, to see how much she's got left really mm. in the tank and how he rebounds because like i say tonight i felt like he showed us something he's never showed before i think he he showed himself something that he didn't know whether was in there or not because when he was in a dog fight with nadal at wimbledon once once he had got sort of broken mentally and physically by Nadal, he kind of threw it in at the end. And um, he, he didn't do that today. He just refused to, to give in to his demons. And I love the way he thanked his, his support team as the first thing he did in the post-match, press conference, post-match interview. And, and the, um, the rather intrusive um, Big Brother-style <laughs> cameras that they have everywhere here in the, in the backstage area showed... Um, Kyrgios really warmly embracing Leighton Hewitt in the oh, really? players' area mm. after the match. Hewitt was obviously present throughout that match. And Marit Safin, incidentally, was in Hatchinov's box. And they, of course, played in the 2005 final here. And earlier in the day, when Rublev was playing Goffin, Safin was in Rublev's box. And Thomas Johansson, of course, was in Goffin's box. And that was the final 2002. Anyway, um, a very warm embrace between... Hewitt and Kyrgios which even a month ago I don't think we would have seen no. I think he, he was asked about it I think in his last press conference and he didn't say too much but he did kind of indicate that the ATP Cup had done a lot for their relationship yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was a, it, it felt like a, a nice moment so Given that I have just commentated on the fifth set of that and it was uh, another 10-point tie-break, I am inevitably a little bit lightheaded, and I can't remember too much else of what's happened today. But lots has. Um, Shall we start at the start of the day? And the defeat, the disappointing, albeit just kind of not that surprising defeat yet again of Karolina Pliskova before the quarterfinal stages at a Grand Slam the fourth time in a row fourth time in a row and she has no good explanation for it at all i asked her can you explain the difference between your tour results and your slam results and all she could really come up with is that she doesn't like the fact that the slam is two weeks it's it's day six <laughs> and and she finds she, she's lost. Isn't she's she? Just, she doesn't know. She what doesn't it is. know. She, uh, yeah. that, that's an answer that just screams out that she doesn't have a clue, and she's looking for answers. Um, it, but is she looking? Is I, she really looking? 
is she asking is she interrogating herself about that question do you, did you feel like i don't have an answer but this is something i am yeah i digging did, uh, deep to to try and find an answer to or do you digging yeah but i think she needs to go deeper she was she was disappointed but not distraught there's, there's still too much um put on these pre slam mm. tournaments and other tournaments throughout the year the wta tour is very important but slams need to be prioritized and peaked for it needs to feel different yeah and it doesn't it, she goes into every tournament with the same approach i believe as you said she, she's not trying to peak for these she's trying to, in a way to peak at every tournament and that's just it's not really sustainable does if you want to be not, winning these big, she just big not tournaments. she have another gear? We've seen Garbini Muguruza tonight has beaten Alina Svetilina, who's another player who struggles to bring it at the slams. Muguruza, the total opposite. She goes missing for months on end, and then suddenly it can click into gear, and she looked like a title contender today. It was vintage Muguruza. Mm. I was really blown away. This is a... <laughs> yeah, this is a player who started the tournament losing six love to Shelby Rogers. Uh, and to uh, it's, it's scarcely credible that that's the same player. Yeah, in, in the same week. Because today she was authoritative, dominant from the baseline. I think she hit 31 winners to nine unforced errors against Svitolina. There was literally nothing Svitolina so could do, seemingly. purposeful, you know, mm. charging to the net um, and... You know, finishing off points well once she got there, and and we we have seen little flickers of this over the last couple of years from Muguruza. Mm. I remember at Roland Garros last year, it kind of felt like Muguruza was happening again, and then it didn't. So I'm I'm wary because we have slightly seen this before, but this felt like another level up. Um, it was it was it was really just felt like Muguruza of. 2016, 2017. She made Svitolina look very lightweight mm. and, and pedestrian. Yeah. Brushed, um, her, brushed her off, just off, brushed her aside. W- we worked out this is the first slam at which Muguruza hasn't been seeded since the French Open 2014 wow. when she scored that breakthrough win over Serena Williams. That win got her seeded at, at Wimbledon a few weeks later and yeah. obviously... She rocketed from there and has stuttered it, it, since. But. It was quite jarring to see um, on the screen that she was unseeded playing the fifth seed mm. and uh, in the third round. I mean, poor old Elena Svitolina playing her in the third round. That's, that's such a tough draw. Um, but, yeah, she um, she looked special again today, did Magrutha. And, uh, yeah, gave me a second prediction correct in two days. And so. now plays Pavlyuchenkova. Who? No, play no. Muguruza plays Kiki Burton. Oh. Nick Kyrgios is on his way to the main interview room. <laughs> that was said with a bit it of relish, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't mention Pavlyuchenkova, by the way, no, in the political discussion. It, it, she it's, was brilliant. She was brilliant. She took a 6-0 and losing head-to-head into that match, which I think is another nail in the coffin for, for Pliskova. Um but she really was good, and she's she's defending a lot of points. Uh, defending it was her breakthrough here last year, so her first Slam quarterfinal, right? Um, defending a lot of points, and yeah, I was just really really impressed with her. Am I right in saying that she's now working with um, Sam Sumik? Sam Sumik, yeah. linking in with the 
our discussion of Muguruza and interestingly they do their coaching conversations in French Pavlyuchenkova is pretty fluent in French and, yes um, like Medvedev well she mm. was coached for a long time by David Goffin's brother um, right Simon Goffin I think it was <laughs> Um, so that's not like Buster Dimitrov. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Um, and I remember them speaking in French. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because Sam Simic has had a bit of a bad rap he because has, of his yeah. time with Muguruza. But she also did win her first Grand Slam with him coaching her. Um, you know... It's it's one of those, isn't it? It'd almost be great to have a, have him on the podcast or something and try and get to know him and or understand what he what he's about because all we have are these sort of kind of passive aggressive on court coaching chats to to draw on and Muguruza not feeling like she's fulfilling her potential and and I think with coaches in tennis it's almost a bit like what I think about football managers in that everyone pretty much has a bad time somewhere and we can occasionally get caught perhaps caught up in that bad reputation there's there's very few with no blots on their card if you like um there's thomas muster with only a blot on his card because he is out of a job today (laughs) after we think i mean we think six six days max yeah, he he was with Dominic Team. He was he joined Team Team, um, led by Nicholas Nassou. And um, I, I remember seeing the match the other day, and he was in the support team, and he was giving it the big fist pumps with Thomas. And he, he's not in Dominic Team's announced that he's left. Mm. He said it's strictly work related rather than a breakdown in Is their it? personal relationship. This, these are translated quotes from um, the the non-English speaking part of his press conference so I'm not entirely sure what he said but I mean that makes sense doesn't it because they they've they they will have known one another a long time it's not like yeah. w- when they partnered this, that was the first time they they met I mean it was a known quantity personality wise but work wise it must have gone <laughs> very very <laughs> drastically wrong for this to happen on a match yeah. day, for it to be announced mm. on a match day yeah. and, and it's, mid slam and team so team won in four sets today against Fritz he obviously won in five sets against Alex Bolt in the previous round and the massive floor cleaner is coming through <laughs> which is the uh, noise you can hear in the background but how lovely I actually think team's playing pretty well this tournament He's, he's had a couple of strange wobbles where he's lost sets where he maybe shouldn't have done. But nothing as alarming as you need to drop your coach in the middle of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does feel a bit... Uh, it's quite a big thing to do, isn't it? To, to sort yeah. of drop your coach for mid For, like, the most mild-mannered bloke in town. Doesn't, a, doesn't it great for Mr. Quite a ruthless move. He was mm. on Channel 9 yesterday morning... Was talking he? about how great that was going. <laughs> yeah. Dear. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, what else has happened today? Who are, there's been another upset, wasn't there? There was a 48-minute defeat oh. for Belinda Benchit. Please don't ask me what happened here, because I have no idea. I, I watched some of it. Well, there were there were 30 minutes gone when it was six love, three love to Annette Contivate, who'd at that point hit 13 winners and two unforced errors and was playing absolutely sensational tennis. Um, but Benchich just couldn't, couldn't get anything going. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was an extraordinary scoreline. Six love, six one, 48 minutes, Benchich out. 
Yeah, Contivate's one of those people who I always hover over in a draw and think she could do something because she is capable of such aggressive, clean tennis. And yet I don't think she's ever made a Grand Slam quarterfinal. So mm. she's now in the fourth round, I think against Iga Sviontek, as we're now supposed to say. It's been... This has been one of the big things of the day. Formerly known as Sphiotech, if anyone's confused. This was the most unhelpful (laughs) clarification by a player of their own name that I've ever seen. She pronounced it in several different ways. The little little video clip that we we saw was uh, her pronouncing it in the Polish way, then the English way... And then being asked which one she wanted to use, and she sort of kind of said either, and then said, "Well, well, maybe uh, maybe the Polish way sounds good. Actually, the English way is fine too." <laughs> I do understand her conundrum, yeah. because as you know, going in, if you delve too deep into native pronunciations, you end up with Shafashavar, which is what Lucy Safarova, right. what that name is in Czech. So there is a line, there is a pretentiousness line. <laughs> which is completely arbitrary but it we you just know it's there yeah um and we've all got to decide which side of it Sviontek is on and, and i don't i don't know yet why is matt so pumped about about this player what's her name again Sviontek. eager eager <laughs> why are we so pumped about her well, she's 18 and she i think she's the most underrated young good player on on the WTA tour there's been a lot more hype about a lot of others perhaps rightly because they've achieved um, more obvious success perhaps but Iga Iga has um, (laughs) first name terms folks (laughs) has reached fourth round at the French Open last year on clay she's a junior Wimbledon champion on grass obviously and now she reached the fourth round here and she's got such a complete all-round game um, that you feel like there aren't too many weaknesses with her um, and, and and she's fun to watch so yeah several lots of reasons to be hyped about Iga Sviatek right she also loves rock music yeah who's she playing is, next round again I think she plays um, Contivate. Yes, that's right. And Contivate's an interesting story because she was due to play Benchich at the US Open last year and had to give her a walkover in the third round, also in the third round. Um, and the reason was because she developed um, a stomach virus which put her into hospital for six days immediately in New York right and she ended up not playing again all season she was in a terrible state I I spoke quite a lot to Nigel Sears her coach about this when we were commentating on BT Sport and and he said she was so ill she lost so much weight I mean it was it was a really really worrying time um, because they just didn't know exactly what to do and and she ended up having I think a small surgery um so anyway, fortunately, uh, Contivate made a, a full recovery, but she, yeah, she basically missed three, four months of tennis. And Sviatek was also out at the end of last season with a foot injury. She hasn't played since the US Open either. Right. So both came here with probably lower expectations. People weren't really talking about them. And now they've both got an opportunity to get to the quarters. Oh, that's good. Good story. Yeah. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tie break or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with legends of the game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. So what was that stat that, that about the, um, the, the top 10 players <laughs> who lost in the third round? Suddenly six of them lost, didn't they? Yeah, remember when this was a tournament without any upsets? Like, <laughs> We've had two days. <laughs> yes, everything's Incredible, happened. just the way it's turned on its head. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the four top ten players who made it through are, gosh, uh, Barty, Hallett, Burton's, and Kvitova, yeah. all Hall- the rest around. Halep a comfortable winner today over Yuli Putin Saver. But there are other former Grand Slam champions in the draw. You've got Muguruza, obviously, Kerber, who is just sneaking through, mm. um, and Kvitova as well. Um, all three just didn't feature in my thought process at all. <laughs> For this tournament, and yeah, RIP my predictions. Yeah, we have not had the greatest Australian Open, <laughs> folks, uh, and that includes me. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think I'm the worst of all of us. So, uh, um, yes. Although fuming, <laughs> I'm going to provide you with a segue here. I did go big on Rublev. Oh yeah, and he's coming through for me. Right. Yeah, I, I went out to that today, Rublev against Goffan, because we were talking about the PlayStation tennis we were all expecting. So I went out there to uh, that weird court number, uh, 1573, which I've just renamed Court 4. Apparently it's really strong beer, according right. to John Millman, yeah. 1573. I don't think it is. I think it's like, because um, when I got out there, I had a look at what it was. They were advertising it. It's, it looks like some kind of liquor. Um, no, it's... I don't think it is beer. Well... John Millman's not getting a sponsorship deal anytime <laughs> soon, then. <laughs> well, nor um, am I. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll clarify that. Um, but yeah, I went out there and, and, and watched 
that match from, I think they were at one set all when I got out there, and it, and it was mid-stages of the third set. Um, but Goffin was leading by a set to love and a break, and he was having his way, really, with Rublev. He was playing flawlessly. Yeah. And then what I liked about Rublev is he must be tired. I mean, he's won 15 matches in a row. Um, he's played both the first two weeks of the year. He has looked, he lost a, a six-love set the other day. So there must be some fatigue issues. Yet, you wouldn't have known it by his body language out there today. He just wouldn't give it in. And he made it physical. He took it to Goffin and he's basically saying, come on then, come on then, can you keep this up? Because I can. And they just went toe-to-toe over four sets and he eventually, he, he just out, out-hit him, quite honestly. It's really something. Yeah, the ball was fizzing around. Every time I looked up, the rallies seemed to be like really long but really fast. They both they both got incredible control from the baseline when you consider how hard they actually hit yeah. the ball, um, especially Rublev. And he now plays Zverev, who is becoming a thing. Who we have to say Quietly. is into the second week of a Grand Slam without dropping a set. And Hallelujah. There were, there were opportunities to to drop a set today against Fedasco. He was 4-2 down. he didn't take the them, yeah. And he yeah. won four games in a row. Mm. I, mean, look, I think we should also say, I mean, Vadasco had some of the heaviest strapping oh, yeah. on his, both his knees. But he had oh, that yes. in the previous round. Mm. But he, he looked, he was pretty awful today. <laughs> he was. He was awful. Every time I looked up, Vadasco was doing something rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Zverev was good. Listen, let's also say that. Uh, yeah, he it really was. two to tango to a 6 6-2, 6-2, 6-4. But, Rublev's Zverev. And, and Zverev does appear to, be, to have had a bit of a weight lifted off his shoulders. Mm. And somebody said to me in the commentary box tonight, nobody's talking about Alexander yeah. Zverev mm. before this tournament. Nobody's expecting anything of him. Um, he's made this pretty grand gesture for the Bush fire relief for a start, 10,000 every, every match he wins. And if he wins the title, his entire prize money check. Um, but he does seem to be a little lighter out there. Do you know, there's, oh, a, there's totally. a weight lifted off. No, I, I, I don't know what the exact count. He hit a few double faults tonight, nothing like what the count has been, a normal number of double faults, but no double faults in the previous round. That tells me that, I mean, his double fault count is as good an indicator of where he's, he's at mentally as anything. And it's, and it's been the double faults which have been causing the collapse in a, in, in a way because... It's, it's made him so vulnerable on serve that opponents have been lifted against him. And it's, it's kind of just put all his weaknesses to, to bear, really. We've, we've been able to see him become a lesser player through his double faults. It's been yeah. really difficult to watch. So if they're not happening, he can be a more confident player again. Three, um, three double faults um, from Zverev today. Uh, 74% first serves in. Mm. I mean, these are good numbers. 15 aces. Yeah, these are, these are the sort of numbers he should be posting and did used to post. And, yeah, you know, we've always said outside the slams that we weren't really going to judge Zverev anymore because it all depends on what he does in the slams. Well, therefore, we absolutely have to give him the credit for getting through the first week without dropping a set, which I think he's only done once before. Mm. Um so now the second test comes, but so far so good. What, what's your feeling right now as to who wins that out of Rublev and, and Zverev? 
Rublev. Rublev. <laughs> yeah, despite everything I've just said. I, I mean, I've, I've gone big on Rublev this tournament the whole year. I mean, I really am a believer in Rublev. And um, yes, there's a physical question mark. Um, that that remains there. I mean, if you'd asked me before the tournament, you're going to see Rublev Zverev. How do you see it? I'd have said, you know, 80% Rublev. Factors over the last few days make it a bit more balanced in my mind, but I'm still I'm still going Rublev. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I think I think Zverev might win that. Um, we'll see. He, he did crush Rublev, I think, the last time they played. I think it was Shanghai. So perhaps mm. there's something in the matchup which Zverev does why like. Didn't you remind me of that before I just went to my big Rublev. <laughs> Rublev Crusade. proclamation. <laughs> Didn't, hasn't Rublev beaten him since then? But I can't remember. Anyway, maybe not. It's late, folks. I'll tell you. <laughs> I've, ju- I've, ju- I've done two fifth set tie breaks to ten in two ten days po- in two in two nights. <laughs> nuts. And and two podcasts yesterday, and another one now. So you know, uh, you don't have to get the violins out. I'm just saying. So I might get stuff wrong. <laughs> <laughs> for a change uh, Angelique Kerber won 6-3 in the third over Camilla Georgie um, and Rafael Nadal well 6-1, 6-2, 6-4 public arena buster is they needn't sh- have played it sh- surely one of the most predictable <laughs> results she just said to Pablo go to St Kilda <laughs> have a nice day you had a go <laughs> um, yeah I mean anyway. he came not, up against I'm not the- questioning his effort he came up against Nadal, who said it was the best match he's played all year. Oh, cracky. And what, what I did... But it's like but playing a ball machine. Exactly. He, he's got the conditions to play the best match. Um, <laughs> but what was noticeable was how well Nadal was hitting his forehand up the line, which is something that you noticed, David, when we were watching. You commented on one in particular, which took your breath away. But well, I, it was one of those where... Pablo Carina Buster has hit his best shot of the match. Uh, I think a cross-court backhand or an inside-out forehand. I can't remember which. And then Nadal has, rather than just played a defensive shot, he's just taken one massive stride to his left and belted it for all he's worth down the line for a clean winner with the forehand. I mean, it was just majestic. And that shot in particular is such an important barometer of how well Nadal is playing, how confident he's feeling and if he's hitting that well then I I think his whole game can can come together. Yeah. Uh, Elise Mertens was victorious today. Six love in the third set against Cici Bellis. Gail Monfils beat Ernest Gulbis in three. So Monfils now plays team and team has had a really good record against Monfils. One line from Monfils' press conference following up on something we talked about earlier in the week is he's confirmed that he didn't get injured playing on the PlayStation. Oh, um, <laughs> fake he, news. He says that was a fabrication, but then he also said it was the, it was the I'm a good name to make up a story like that, therefore confirming that it's the sort of thing he would do. Yeah. Oh, also, um, press conference news. You mentioned to me earlier that Nadal had some strong stuff to say about the ATP Cup. He did, yeah. Nadal was really strong on the fact that he thinks the Davis Cup and the ATP Cup need to merge into one big World Cup. He was 
He's been quite outspoken about that before, but this was perhaps more than ever, perhaps because the competition's passed and he feels a bit more free to talk about it. Um, but he was he was all in on the fact that it's difficult for fans to follow. Um, it doesn't really make any sense to have two within a month. No other sport has two World Cups. Very, very strong on it. Um, and I, I got the feeling that he only really played the ATP Cup because that was the only way for him to get the matches at the top level that he wanted before the Australian Open. Had he entered somewhere like Doha this year, he might have had one good match against a Rublev or someone, but the field yeah. was much weaker. He's, he is very, very strong on that. Okay. And to round off interesting press conference quotes from the day, Kiki Burton's, in a brilliant moment of refreshing um, honesty, said, uh, yeah, I'm playing really well, but I've had a great draw. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Just beat Zarina Diaz today. Yeah. No offence, Zarina. <laughs> well, nobody ever says it, do they? No, they don't, no. <laughs> That's so fair. Uh, okay, any other results from today before I look ahead so Frink, to tomorrow uh, beat an injured Isner oh, ju- I, saw, Isner I saw Isner on the screen while that was going on he looked so down I really oh. felt for him he'd hurt he'd injured his foot and if you remember he yeah, had quite a time out of, out of the sport last spring with a foot injury that he got in, Mi- in the Miami final yeah. against Federer yeah, and uh, he looked just so so down about I it I think he played that final with a, what turned out to be a stress fracture mm. in his foot extraordinary yeah. Uh, so Medvedev now plays Vavrinka. Oh, my word, does mm. he? Yes. Yeah, the, although the match they played at the US Open was weird, if you'll recall. I don't recall. It was the quarterfinal, and Medvedev was looking more injured than he's ever looked. He was heavily <laughs> strapped, and yet he just bamboozled Vavrinka. Vavrinka had no idea how to play him at all. He, he was like, wasn't able to go for his big power shots. Medvedev was giving him different, you know, changing up the rhythm of rallies and he really beat him tactically in that match. So it'll be interesting to see whether Wawrinka has has learnt anything. Very much the the men's draw now, there's the the top half, all the round fours are brilliant. You know, you've got Kyrgios Nadal, uh, Rublev Zverev, Medvedev Wawrinka and one more that I'm forgetting. And And then the bottom half is not Monfils quite Monfils' team in the top half. The bottom half is Ropier, for sure. Okay. There's not one match that you wouldn't go, oh, yeah, in the top half. And the bottom half, look, they might turn out to be good matches um, in there. I'm sure they will. But on face value, they're not pulling in the punters in the way the top half is. Um, Halep won today over Putinsvet, and she looked brilliant. Yeah, she That's does. one last she's, result. She's looking better uh, with each round, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, she really is. Um, okay, well, tomorrow... Uh, we start on the Rod Laver Arena with Makina and Makina against Muster and Valander. <laughs> yeah, it is sure amazing how, how quickly you go from like, oh my God, there's so much tennis, there's too much tennis, it starts too early, it finishes too late, to, oh, right, we have to sit through Makina and Makina and Muster and Valander before we get to proper tennis. Oh, these are legends. You going to come in for it? No. Thomas, um, Thomas Muster, fresh from his dumping. <laughs> He's got a bit more time on his hands. Uh, and then it's Maria Sakari against Petra Kvitova. That, I circled that as match of the day. Um, I think that, that not, could be really good. Not Barty Risk. As well. 
Barty Risk is the third match, uh, the, th- the third proper match on Rod Wave <laughs> Arena. Um, after Sakari Kovitovic, Schwartzman against Djokovic. I'm quite looking forward to that. And to be fair, there's been a few really good Schwartzman Djokovic's of late. I remember one in Rome last year when Schwartzman really, really pushed Djokovic. The crowd are going to just love Schwartzman, aren't oh, they? Oh, yeah. And there's a, yeah. great, there's a great story on the ATP website with Schwartzman written in the first person all about his um, upbringing, really, and how his, his family didn't, didn't have a lot of money and it was difficult to make ends meet and, um, you know, all the, all the struggles he's had to overcome with people telling him he was too small and all yeah. that kind of thing. It's, it's, a really, it's a really honest and um, good story on the, on the HP website with Schwartzman. I read that he's still fuming with Medvedev. Oh, he is, yeah. That it's just over. Yeah. Because? Because of the HP Cup aggro. Oh. Yeah, when he called him a bobo. What, what does that mean? Spanish for idiot. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so night session tomorrow is Ash Barty against Alison Risk. The rematch of Wimbledon. From Wimbledon, yes. Uh, when Risk um, knocked Barty out when Barty was playing so well. And that's really impressive from risk to get to this match i think because that you know i think it pretty much plays just above her seeding she's just outside the top 16 she is just maximizing completely her career isn't she completely. because she's been a good player for 10 years but she's never felt as though she's going to be a factor at a slam at all to me mm, right agreed. I, and in the last year she has done made certain tweaks so that she is and i think it's really cool and she, I mean, I don't know her, but she seems like a really nice person and a really knows who she is, where she's going. And, and it's great to see somebody like that just finding another level to the game. Um, and then we've got Martin Fucevic against uh, Roger Federer. Yeah. And, and that's interesting as well, isn't it? I mean, you know, because, well, I mean, look at, look at the results Fucevic has had. I mean, he could beat Federer, couldn't he? Well... I mean, anyone can be anyone. No, but, I mean, you didn't seem that excited when I just said it's interesting. Why not? I think the only way it's not interesting is if Federer isn't there physically, in which case it's sort of not that fun. But do you think it's going to be a straightforward win for Federer or what? Unless he's not recovered from from the exertions against John Millman. Um... And Fukcevic is very physically strong. I remember him playing Djokovic in the heat. I think it was in New York a couple of years ago. And he was not having any problems. And Djokovic was having a lot of problems. He is, he's ripped Fukcevic. He's really strong. Look who he's beaten already. He's a sort of Livich type mm. physique, isn't I mean, he? He's beaten Shapovalov, Yannick Sinner. Who did he beat in round three? Tommy Paul. Tommy Paul. Mm. Okay, Tommy Paul was physically a bit depleted, obviously. Um, yeah. Federer's going to have to really turn up, I think. He's going to he's gonna have to play he's gonna, if he plays more like, like he what did, he did against Krajanovic. If he plays like he Milman. did against Milman, I think he's done. Wow. We'll see. Um, uh, Milos Raonic is playing against Marin Cilic. In, uh, uh, before that, what? Shea Stritz of a doubles action. Oh, Actually, I might come in early for that. <laughs> 11 a.m. <laughs> How long have I got? <laughs> Ten hours. <laughs> Not happening, is it? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I've still got to go home yet. 
Uh, Raonic Cilic after that. Ange Dubur against uh, Wang Chiang after that. That sounds quite good. Uh, Coca Goff is the Melbourne Arena match against Sophia Kennan. That's a tough match for Goff. I think Kennan's winning that. Yeah, I do too. Interesting they've put that on Melbourne Arena. Be good. Good atmos. Um, and Tennis Sangren against Fabio Fanini. That pretty much wraps it up. Loads of doubles action. Uh, anything else, folks? Don't think so. Is it bedtime? <laughs> I could do with it being. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say yes for David's sake. Okay. Uh, so with that, folks, uh, thank you for listening to the Tennis Podcast. Um, we will be back again tomorrow. We would like to say thank you to three people who have backed our crowdfunding Kickstarter for 2020 to enable Catherine and Matt to be here, to enable all the things that we're going to be able to do over the next year. Matt, take it away. Thank you to Jules Burner to Tanya Spooner and to Andy Mallon. Brilliant. Jules, Tanya, Andy, you're legends. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for your support. Uh, And thank you to Crumble, who's who's on our Instagram again. And we've seen another wonderful photo of lovely Crumble with a big smile on her face. Reading our newsletter. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, reading about herself in our newsletter. On her own iPad. Yes. Um, and uh, there's Butler, who's our year-long mascot here on the Tennis Big Podcast. Big fan of Butler. Great, great dog. Um, and you, dear listener, have a job. Your job, should you choose to accept it, is to go and tell somebody, one person, one person before tomorrow's show about the Tennis Podcast who didn't listen previously and will now listen. We're now doing homework on the tennis <laughs> podcast. <laughs> tasks. I'm setting people tasks. Uh, and, uh, yeah, leave us a review on iTunes, if you haven't already, uh, so that other people know about it. Sign up to our newsletter, free, every day. Matt's stat is in there. Uh, our newsletter predictions, daily predictions from, the, uh, from, from this tournament. I've, I've held back my Matt's stat. I was going to... It's, it's Pliskova-related. I was going to put it in the podcast, but I thought... This, this time I'll save it for the newsletter. Quite right. So, you know, what more do you... What, more, what a tease. That was good, right? What reason do you need? <laughs> Matt is learning about the teasing. Uh, and join up to Reddit uh, because if we get over 500, I've got to do this Ask Me Anything thing. And we're already on 495. <laughs> <laughs> and so that means somebody's going to have to show, show me how to sign up to Reddit because I don't understand it. Um, and, and I'm giving that job to Catherine. So um, we will be back tomorrow with another tennis podcast. We hope you've enjoyed week one so far. We're going into the rest of the middle weekend. It's all very exciting. It's now 10 past 1 a.m. Catherine has yawned. I am ready to go to sleep, as is Matt, and we'll see you tomorrow. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.